Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome along to the next episode of our Precursive podcast. Uh, for those of you rejoining, welcome back. And for new listeners, good to have you join. Uh, in these conversations, we explore all things customer success and professional services, or as I'm starting to call it, success services, Matt, uh, as, I'm, as I'm coining it now, uh, until I come up with something better, I think, um, to describe the, uh, the merging of these two worlds. Um, but I think the constant between the two is this common goal uh, for any B2B SaaS software or services organization of delivering value to customers. Uh, and that is either going to be during an implementation or later in the customer journey. Um, at Precursive, as many of you know, we believe very strongly that the best companies are able to keep their value promises, leading to customers for life. So this week, I am delighted to be joined by Matt Burke, who is the Global VP of Customer Success at SAP Concur. Welcome, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, Jonathan, for having me. Excited. Good, good. I love the background. For those of you, this, this isn't always on, on, on video, but um, where is that? Where is that beautiful lake behind you, sir? I have no idea. Uh, you know, <laughs> we get these canned backgrounds and, uh, you know, you pick the one that uh, that looks appropriate for the day, I guess. So, yeah, it, I have no idea. Somewhere in nature. That's what it looks like to me. <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, so can you can we begin perhaps by getting a little bit of background to yourself, your, your current role, and then maybe some of the experiences prior to, to what you're doing now, if that's all right? Yeah, sure. Um, so as far as my background, look, I've been in customer success now for 10 years. Um, and prior to that, I was in the, in the medical and pharmaceutical sales world. Uh, so it's been a, an interesting journey to get here. And I think that everybody uh, always has some, some interesting way of getting to customer success. It's nothing that you, you know, get a degree from university or college from. <laughs> and uh, so it, it's really interesting. So today I'm responsible for a couple different uh, parts of our customer success organization. One is our onboarding team, which helps our, our brand new customers get in once they sign that contract and kind of help them get up to speed. Not necessarily our implementation team, but um, runs, runs parallel and in, in collaboration a lot with implementation and services. And then also, uh, there's a couple other teams that, that I work with. We ha I have a community model uh, of CSMs who work with some of our, uh, our smaller customers, our high volume based customer load. And so we've created a, a community uh, of client success. We call it Community First. And, uh, and that is servicing uh, thousands and thousands of global customers. Um, and then next is, uh, this is where it gets also interesting. I also have a client success consulting team is what we call it. And a much more of a technical team that supports our CSMs uh, in those technical conversations. And then lastly is a, uh, a content team. And, I, and this is a little bit newer for, uh, for a lot of people probably, but if you don't have a content team, it is something to definitely explore today as more and more customers uh, are, are used to seeing content and fresh content every day. They see it in their feeds and Facebook, Instagram, wherever. Um, and uh, it is such, it's becoming a critical piece to our business to help customers connect more with our product platform and industry. So uh, that is a really exciting area that uh, is really growing for us. So that is kind of uh, who I am, what I'm doing today. Okay, so very diverse, keeps you busy, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear more about a few of those areas later on as, as we dive in. 
Um, and then, yeah, I, I saw the, the deep, dark world of, of pharma sales in, in the background. <laughs> For those listening, we, we have planned this because I did say to Matt, I'd like, I'd like to talk about something from there. But I think yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in your opinion on this. I, I come from a sales background. Yeah. Uh, I When I got into this business, I originally was the chief customer officer, which was a glorified title at the time, believe me, because we mm-hmm. were doing everything when we were a startup. But um, uh, I, I think that um, that commercial experience really helped me and has helped our commercial customer success organization at Precursive because mm-hmm. some of the times you, you are having to be very commercial or talk about commercials and, and, and those types of things. And I'm curious to know your thoughts on how it influenced your thinking that experience from from the pharma sales days yeah i mean i've been pretty prior to this was all all training was pretty much sales right it's just like uh starting conversations you know especially in pharma sales which is really interesting kind of approach to sales it's not your classic kind of like take an order sign a you know sign a contract type of a situation it's very much driven and just relationships and quick interactions so um, learning that throughout the years and how do you make a quick impact and, and grab somebody's attention and deliver value really quickly in probably like a two minute kind of conversation because doctors are coming going and they're kind of paid based on how many patients they see and, and pharmaceutical reps uh, kind of are a hindrance in some cases into that uh to that world and getting their job done so uh no doctor wants to work late into the night seeing patients because they've talked for half an hour with pharma reps so um so that is uh, that's kind of an interesting uh makeup that, that came about and so i think today uh you know using leaning on that sales background and is critical and somebody once told me this and i thought it was really interesting they said in order in customer success in order to have a seat at the table you have to be selling something or generating some sort of revenue. And, uh, and I found that super interesting. It dawned on me, like, that is absolutely true. We talk about, you know, like, it's always classic and it's pretty much beaten in everybody's head is like retention, retention, churn. And um, there is uh, this revenue component to the role. And I think, you know, having a little bit more uh, experience in sales has really helped me kind of understand what that looks like and how to plan and territory plan and, and really help people through those conversations and how to open up uh, and grab people's attention. So there's that. And then there's the internal piece, uh, you know, selling to internal stakeholders, um, getting buy-in on new ideas and projects and new direction uh, and new rollouts, like, like what we're talking about uh, in outcomes right now is we're really leaning heavy into that. How do you get a bunch of people moving in the same direction? So there's no doubt that, um, that sales is in my DNA <laughs> and has played a big role uh, in who I am today. Yeah. And where I'm going. Well, I think, I think some, uh, certainly some of the people that I talk to, there's this, there's this feeling that we need to be in customer. If we're in customer success at certain points, we're going to need to be more prescriptive than perhaps we have been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, as you say, oftentimes the customers are being called in a number of different directions with different projects and priorities and therefore being able to be prescriptive requires a little bit of that commercial acumen about being able to summarize things very quickly, bring a point of view, uh, do it with an executive to capture their attention, right? So no, yeah. I'm on that on that subject. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's, uh, you know, the one thing I think people forget from a CSM level is that uh, the administrators or whoever their contact is, is getting, you know, 10 to 15 requests for business reviews, solution review, whatever it is every single day and week. 
And you're not the only vendor they have. So you have to differentiate yourself and you have to bring value and you have to know how to do that very quickly um, because it's just too much time to catch up with all of your vendors on a regular basis. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's the irony, isn't it? Like if you are doing really well and providing value for your client, they, they may well not want to talk to you because they're like, everything's going fine. So I don't need totally. to PBR with yeah. you. Yeah, that's almost a good thing yeah. in some cases. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Um, well, one of the things that we've talked about a lot on this show, and uh, you know, we, 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 you and I have talked about it in the past briefly, is this what we're calling this outcomes era, right? Um, and you know, again, for those for those tuning back in, really, what we're talking about is the shift whereby, you know, this has always been there. By the way, this outcomes era, it's always been there. Your customers have always de- demanded value from from I think suppliers and vendors. But what's happening now is companies are realizing that, 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 that we need to be in some ways more formulaic about this. We need to be talking about it. We need to be focusing on it uh, and not having it sort of just come to pass like uh, organically, if you will. Um, so, so within this world where, you know, sales is selling outcomes, you know, services is delivering those initial outcomes through the implementation, CS is th- then taking the baton as it were. You've seen the world of customer success accelerate in this evolution, I would imagine this more outcomes-based approach. Tell me about what you've seen over the last years in this area. Yeah, I think I, I started thinking about this question a little bit and, and the analogy I like to, to pair with it is it's kind of like the, the world of transportation. And in the beginning, I felt like, you know, customer success is much like a train. You hop on this train and you're locked into the rails and you get from point A to point B. And, you know, in that train, like in that experience in a customer success world, that is just kind of like, let's get them through the journey. Let's keep retaining them. Um, not a lot of options, not a lot of directions you can go, but like, let's get them to the path and, and make sure they either renew or stay with us. Yeah. And so, uh, and then as we move forward and just like, you know, the, when you graduate from the train, now you get into this world of like the car and you have a little bit more personalization. Maybe you go shop for the car and you've got mm, the models are there. They're ready to go. Um, but you have some other paths when you get in the car, you can, you know, kind of take a left, you can take a right, um, and find your destination a different way. And that's kind of the way I think about like where kind of the big push in value came about. We heard about value, value, value for many years. And I believe that, but it was, it's really hard to conceptualize what is value. Um, it would, it, to, to me kind of became this generic term a little bit. And, um, and now, like if we fast forward into where we're at today, that if we've graduated almost into this EV vehicle, right? This electric vehicle today where you can, where customers know they go shop online, they know they want to support something. They want to get, uh, you know, maybe more environmentally friendly or whatever their desire might be, but they've already made that outcome decision that that's what they want to do. They don't even need to go drive it, test drive it. They just buy it online and customize it and personalize it how they want. And, and customers are, are in the same parallel. They, they want, they already know what they want. They, and they want to be able to go do it very easily and achieve those results. And, and I think that's where we're at today. And then, you know, obviously the next step here is this autonomous world, autonomous vehicles, autonomous uh, customer experience, self-service, product-led, all of those things coming in. Um, I think that's where we go in the future, but today, uh, and that's all surrounded around outcomes because yeah, there's just, there's too much uh, 
uh, competing factors with software today that if you don't have a clear defined outcome, you're not going to know if this is the right fit. And you're always going to be second guessing if this was uh, if you made the right decision because you've never really uh, understood that you've achieved something. You've never got to that business goal or challenge has been solved. Um, so I definitely think you know that we're in this big outcomes era right now, uh, and I hope we stay there for a long time because I do think that that's the the right place to be for customers. Um, and as a, a vendor, like we have to deliver an outcome. Yeah. And not value, you know, like, I mean, value, yes, but I don't like the general term of that. I like how outcomes is more defined and it's definitely more um, from a customer driven standpoint. Right. Now, we, we, we talked before about a couple of examples like of these outcomes in, in, in your organization. I was a little bit, it was interesting what you brought up as the, as the example, because I wouldn't, it was around the, the experience piece, if you remember. So yeah. we just talk about that for a moment. So like, what are some of those, how does this manifest in your world? For those mm-hmm. that, that, that don't know, um, like what does SAP Conquer do for yep. number one? And then what are some of the outcomes that your customers want to achieve and how do you help them get there? Yeah, uh, that's, we should have started there in the beginning. Um, SAP Concur, we handle some, <laughs> some spend management uh, for customers who are looking to, to control their spending. Um, obviously, there's two components to that. There's uh, your ex- classic expense reporting, expense claims process. Um, and then there's your invoice in your accounts payable. Um, and so we, we help customers automate that process and, and help deliver outcomes to help make sure they reach those goals. And so really, uh, you know, some of the research that we saw uh, from our customers in their buyer journey is about 70% of customers do research online and, and have already made up decisions and are really looking for companies and software to help achieve those outcomes. They've already, they identified a problem. Um, You know, the world of the sales development and market development representatives cold calling somebody and kind of developing a problem out of thin air, um, that's kind of gone a little bit to the side. And, And so a lot of customers today, they know they have an issue. And in, for example, in an SAP Concur standpoint, they might know that they are growing Uh, a small business and they might be growing and looking to expand um, their offering to their employees. And so expense reports become tougher as more uh, salespeople are on the road or whatever, uh, whoever is managing expenses. Um, And within that, they're looking to provide a better experience. And one of the outcomes that we definitely lean into and deliver on is around a better employee experience. If you can imagine the old world of, uh, of an employee kind of grabbing expense uh, claims or receipts uh, and you know taping them on paper and mailing them into somebody or dropping them on somebody's desk and they have to kind of line by line, that's a tedious process. And even like a, a one step up from that is you know, getting the spreadsheet, you get the, the credit card statement, you download it in the spreadsheet and you code it that way. That's still um, not a great experience. And so some employers uh, are looking to provide a better experience for, for their people. And, you know, so they, large, they start to look for uh, solutions for that. And with that outcome being said is that, you know, one of the things we know we can deliver on is a great employee experience um, with uh, managing receipts in a digital format and uploading and connecting travel into, uh, into your expenses is just a, a seamless process and, and, and people love it. And so that is, uh, that is one outcome that we know we can, we can hit. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, I, when we were, you know, talking about this before, I would have come at it much more from a, 
cost management, you know, more like the CFO finance director's perspective, but, uh, but I, it, that, that more human element of employee experience is really interesting. I weirdly, Matt, was the, uh, back in the day, I was a sales guy and I weirdly was the guy that enjoyed taping the receipts to a piece of really? photocopying it because I did it on a Friday afternoon. And to be honest with you, all the sales guys used to go out on a Thursday. So from a productivity standpoint, yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think Fridays were always the, 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 the most productive, uh, in, in that area, I, it's, I get it. It's, it's it's interesting you bring up this buyer journey piece because my my background you, you you don't know this, but prior to this, I, I worked for a company called CEB, which got bought by Gartner. The CEB wrote okay. the Challenger Sale, for example, and they wrote the Effortless Experience books. Uh, and so CEB did a lot of research many many years ago, probably going back, you know, 10, 12 years ago, that was looking at that buyer journey and buyers engaging with suppliers much later on. Um, I think that uh, one of the things that that does is it creates this emotional component where if a, if a company, if a person has researched for a period of time, decided on the vendors that they want to talk to, bring them in, you still, if you're buying any form of like relatively complex software, it's going to be 60 to 90 day sales cycle, maybe more, uh, could be up to six months in some instances or two years in, in, in other instances that I've seen. And so at that point of purchase, the customer's never been more excited, right? They want to get their hands on your product now. Mm-hmm. And then you're there, and then you're in this situation where if it takes you 120 days to crank the, the, the engine to get going, then that's very, very frustrating. Um, and I think that that has, has influenced the world of services and success and indeed product development with companies looking at how can we move much faster in terms of, of deployment. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's a very important point that you've raised. Um, yep. when, when it comes to these, these, these worlds coming together, I, I, you know, I understand that you guys have, have, have recently, can we talk about that at all? Is that, there's not like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about structurally what you guys are doing with your services and your success organizations. Yeah, well, it's just it, it rolls into to one person now, um, which I think is great. It used to kind of be a little separate, um, but now we have a, a much more unified approach to our services, which is more kind of like the implementation piece um, and our success organization. And that doesn't fall into me. That is my leader. Um, and so with that, we've seen uh, this really great transformation of collaboration, um, some more shared goals, and, and definitely uh, a more unified approach towards the customer. And I think in the past, we, you know, everybody's kind of running at their version of what's best for the customer. But when you start to get more people uh, aligned uh, on that customer journey, then I think that's where the magic is, is starting to happen for us, is that we're, we're, we're just exchanging more ideas, we're sharing goals, we're sharing um, feedback at a, a much higher rate. And I think that is accelerating our uh, ability to deliver a great customer experience uh, to our clients. Yeah. Okay, cool. And, and, and why, you know, just it, it, for those maybe that are in a world where that doesn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. Siloed, and it can be, in the worst instances, the blame game, yeah. uh, for example. What, what kind of uh, feedback or advice would you give to people around why it's important for serve professional services and CS to, to partner together? 
Look, I mean, it, it, you had like just mentioned that when when the buyer journey start uh, starts, obviously there's you know sales does a fantastic job of uh, of doing that closing business customer peak euphoria, right? Like we just signed this, maybe it's a sign of relief. Like wow, that was a you know um, there was a lot of work, a lot of evaluation, we had a lot of vendors, um, and so now they're really excited and ready to go. And in, in that stage in the beginning is, is really where you want to capture that momentum and try and, uh, you know, there's always going to be this kind of like uh, curve the trends down a little bit after purchase. And what you're trying to do in collaboration when you get together with services and that organization is that you're trying to kind of even out that momentum curve uh, so that it's, it, it doesn't dip so drastically, but it, it kind of continues to stay steady throughout until they actually get out and roll this out to employees. And so they can really start to experience um, the software. And so the collaboration there, what we're seeing is just, look, there's more shared goals and there's um, shared efforts when it comes to calls that customers are, uh, that are success and services people are on together. Um, <clears throat> it brings more uh, a unified approach to the customer and they feel heard and they don't have to repeat themselves. And I think that's the biggest thing too is that you know throughout the sales cycle salespeople are great um sometimes not the best at documenting <laughs> information <laughs> all the way through and so a customer always kind of uh, feels that like whoa are, this is what we talked about. Like, how do you not know that? And so, you know, there's a great handoff that happens from sales to our success in our services organization. We take that and, and capture that information and help the customer really continue through the journey together. And again, like you had mentioned in a siloed world, you're, you're not, you're thinking about your goals only and your impact only with the customer. And when you start to bring two heads together to think about the customer, you know, in one one way, uh, really, that's where we've we found so much uh, so much more success, and, and our customers feel better, and the they get through the activation and implementation of the software even faster because uh, it's a more unified approach, and, and everybody's working towards the same goal, which is really outcomes. Yeah, yeah. There, there's some there's some there's something there though that I, I want to bring up, which is there's a little bit of nuance sometimes, and I'll give you an example. So. Um, I was doing some training with one of our team in our in our services organization. And we were talking about um, this guy, someone's been newly promoted into running implementation. As, as you know, we sell, well, we sell an onboarding solution. We sell a, a professional services delivery solution, a PSA tool. Um, and, and so, you know, this was, this was someone who's been delivering our, our, our onboarding solution and it's kind of moving up. So, uh, when you move up into delivering these more complex uh, systems, there's very often times like a business case and these types of things like around increasing productivity or improving time to value or these types of things. And we have that all documented. So we've got a very efficient sales organization that captures it all in Salesforce, in video format. We have these reverse demos. So it's all there. And, and I was talking to this guy and that's the context. Uh, and I said, look, how are you going to open up this, this meeting? I said, well, I'll do an intro and then I'll ask them about their goals. And I'm like, well, hold on, just stop there. We know the goals. We've already got that. And he's like, yeah, I know, but I, I feel like I, I should ask. And I said, well, I get that. But here's the thing. What we can say is rather than asking, we can say, here's what we know. Is there anything you would like to add to that? Right. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes in, in CS or in onboarding, there is a little bit of that. It's like, 
I, I almost don't want to be rude. Like I, I don't want to say, oh, here's what I know. Whereas in sales, right. you're trained to do that, to say, like, recap what you know, and then sort of question from there to demonstrate like that, just what you've said. What do you think about that? Because I, I, like, I think that that goes on all the time. I think loads of people know what they know and they just don't say mm. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> well, one, I, I think, I think you're on to something for sure. <laughs> well, we, what we typically see is that, you know, the, the, the people who are in the, in the buying process, making decisions around that, they haven't always done a great job of looping in who's going to be implementing and activating the software <laughs> and really yeah. rolling this out. Right. Is that, yeah. uh, and so there's almost, there is this, this discussion, almost a mediator type discussion that needs to happen. And it says, you know, like you get uh, that, if you can get that handoff and everybody on the call at the right time, it's connecting them to say, what are the real goals here? Uh, you know, the CFO and the, and the C-suite might have a goal of what they have in mind, um, which in our case, maybe it's like, it is controlling spend or finding better ways to budget and understand like, where's the money going. But the administrator's like, ah, and look, I just don't want to deal with receipts anymore. I'm tired of like scanning all these receipts. And like, yeah. but those are two different goals. And if we don't get them on the same page, we're not going to deliver anything uh, of value or outcome. So it, it really is. Sometimes those conversations are just bringing everybody together to say, this is what, what we heard. This is what came through from, from the sales side. Is this what we can deliver against? What are your expectations and what are your business outcomes and challenges in getting them to agree and align on that? That's almost the, the role sometimes that, that happens with a success um, manager in these cases is just playing the mediator. Like, what do you think, CFO? Oh, what do you think, uh, you know, administrator? And so uh, that is a, a big component of it. <laughs> and once you get them aligned, that's what we, that we see really big time success is when we get them talking internally, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you've got to be able to tailor it and say, look, Mr. CFO, here's what we're going to do for you. And Mr. Administrator, here's what we're going to do for you. And yeah. those, you say those two things aren't always the same thing. Do you think that this dynamic of professional services and customer success or success services, and I'll get your feedback later, Matt, on whether you like that as a name or not, we'll see if we, if we trademark it. But um, you, see, <laughs> you see this dynamic of the two coming together as this more like integrated value delivery organization. Do you, do you see that trend continuing? You, you've got a lot of experience. I'm curious to know your thoughts. Yeah, I, I do think that there is something there. I, I think, you know, just in our experience uh, this year, like there's there's no doubt um, there's something there. And one of the things that we're evaluating right now is, is more of a customer performance indicator, um, which is more shared goals with our services organization, especially for brand new customers. You know, um, it might be hours for project. It might be time to value and some of those things that uh, uh, a services organization looks at, which is great. But um, from a success side, like we want to make sure that this customer is feeling prepared uh, to roll this out and drive adoption and get those outcomes. But in the background, that's where we think about these CPIs, the customer performance indicators. Can we start to deploy some, um, some marks some measurements, some data points that give us an idea if the customer is going there? And sometimes that might be through like surveys, like experience type surveys and things of that nature. It might be just time like logins and, and time spent in product, all of those types of things. If that's running in the background, now you've got this really centralized place for, uh, for you to understand what's really happening. And, and the, the key caveat here is that if you are thinking about CPIs is to make sure that they're not 
gameable, you know, like you don't necessarily even want that. I don't think you necessarily even want to publish what the CPI is like, how you get to them. Because once you do that, you start to potentially deteriorate uh, how uh, the real true customer performance is, is happening. So um, whatever those are, uh, I'm not big into, you know, creating things in a bubble, but, you know, that's one of the, th the things that I think you might want to consider uh, when you're bringing services and success together, uh, because I do think that there is this, this underlying, uh, these activities that are happening or not happening that can give you better insights into the overall customer experience. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like that, what's the one metric to rule them all type thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's really interesting. Like, I, I, I'm a big believer. I mean, for us now in our business, it's net retention, for example, because we're a scale yep. device. That's one of the big, the big things yep. in scale up is like, is like hitting that high net retention number. Uh, I mean, I think in, in the world of services and success, I mean, I see more and more modern organizations having this like, shared mission of you know our mission is to help customers maximize value leading to arr right arr being like the the, the metric to rule them all for many for many businesses but mm -hmm. no i think that's really i think that's really interesting um i want to turn to uh talk about a, li a little bit about something i know you're passionate about which is like smarter working um yeah. which i would imagine has been a big part of a career given that you've overseen a portfolio with like fifteen thousand customers yeah <laughs> right? Um, so, uh, it would be very interesting to hear like, you know, some practical, maybe guidance that you've got around, uh, around a few things here, if you don't mind. Um, I, I saw this thing called my around challenges, goals, action plan. Mm. Yeah. Do you, can you tell us a little bit, a little bit about that? Is that a framework that you use with your CSMs? Yeah. It, you know, it's something that we talked about a little bit. Um, but really uh, the way I think about this challenges, goals, and action plan, it, it's kind of more a way of work. Um, and one is, is I always talk about just challenging the, the way we do things. Um, when you talked about just how do you prioritize is that, you know, software is moving super, super fast, uh, probably the fastest rated, you know, every year it gets faster and faster. And so how do you continue to challenge yourself to deliver a better experience? Uh, and sometimes that means breaking old ways and, and old habits. You never, nobody should ever be uh, super comfortable uh, with, with what they're delivering because, customers' expectations are changing every day as well. All around you, software is getting better. It's becoming more intuitive. How are you keeping up? So you have to continue to challenge how you're thinking about um, the experience for the customer. And then clearly just like setting great goals um, is, is a really big piece. And the one thing that I've learned over the years is, is just to, to be clear in your goals and stay true to them. Because they're in, in customer success, there will be things that pop up all the time, unpredictability every single day. And we, you know, and it, you have the, uh, the chance sometimes to go in many different directions if you're not focused. And so by setting goals, um, it really provides clarity and it keeps people prioritized against what you're trying to achieve. What is the mission? Um, and, and I really look at those as 90 day sprints in how we set these, because again, there are things that creep up out of nowhere, uh, and business is moving way too quick today to say, Hey, like our goal is, you know, in 10 years, we're going to do this. So it's like, okay, nobody can predict like what's going to happen in 10 days. Um, and so it, for me, it's really around 90 day sprints and 90 day goals. And then last is just, it's this action 
And it's more around just leaning into just action in general. I think in our world, whether it's, uh, you know, in a services world or a success, there is a ton of data that's out there and you can get wrapped up in it really quickly and it can bog you down and you can stare at numbers and pivot tables and spreadsheets all day long or whatever reporting software you might have. And that's great. But at a certain point, you have to take action and start doing things. And that's what I, uh, I prescribe more than anything is just go do and learn and then do again. And, and it's not just don't get wrapped up too much in, in the, you know, many months in planning and, and, and trying to make the perfect whatever. Uh, it's just go do and learn from this as fast as you can. Okay, cool. Let me just play that back to you. So, so point one is like challenge yourself to do it better and sharpen how you, you, you work yeah. and you're delivering, um, which I totally buy into we have uh, adjusted our delivery methodology six times this year i was like <laughs> wow. head of services and i was like well, yeah that seems a lot and and now the feedback was well we've now got this partner ecosystem so we want to get it as good as we can because we're delivering more and more enterprise stuff via with 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 partners mm-hmm. um and and the feedback was it's like it's getting better and better each time so it's yeah. not like a wholesale change uh, so that evolution, that iteration, I, I'm a big believer in. I like the goals thing. There's a calmness to that because it's very easy to put like high performing teams put a tremendous amount of pressure on themselves. Right. And like the leader's role is to almost like let them decompress and like not over pressurize themselves. Yep. So, like having that stay focused on goals, but giving yourself 90 days, giving yourself like a reasonable amount of time, like a quarter to actually make some changes. Otherwise we're like, oh, we're changing things every week. And that's yep. the feedback that you then start getting, right? Is we're just, which, which, you know, we're doing something different every week. So I, 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 I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, I, again, I, I've, <laughs> I'm laughing because I used to overburden myself in Salesforce and uh, looking at data. And, and then I just believed that I'm like, right, I'll get, I'll get the dashboards that I need. And that'll be that. And as you say, action it. So again, I think that's a nice framework. Um, Cool. Um, Now, I mentioned that you've worked with a very large proportion of customers Mm -hmm. and you've built this community model. You've got this client success consulting uh, capability as well. Mm -hmm. And you build this new content team. So, So I guess you've prioritize those things because you believe that that can best serve this volume of customers. So tell us a little bit about like that, how you think about that prioritization, because I would imagine that that's led to some of these things, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, when, when the volume picks up in business and, you know, customers needs are constantly changing and, and their requests, uh, my goal was to figure out, and this is in more in respects to the community, <clears throat> we've kind of moved through many different versions of this, you know, we've gone through like a pooled model and, and did that, you know, five or six years ago and kind of graduated out of that with like a hybrid onboarding pooled uh, model approach. And now in, in, for this, it's really about the community uh, and building uh, a world where customers can um, not only exchange ideas and share, and that's like the common way you think about community, but I, I think of it as a very scalable, customized world um, where customers can go and, you know, uh, find whatever they want, whenever they want. And it's, you don't always have to um, 
you know, rely on the, the regular traditional business hours. And so we are uh, blending a lot of those things. When I talked about content is just building more content around videos and video journeys and, and customizing and having people feel personalized in that approach as well. So some of those, those things that we're doing kind of in an analog world where it's like a human introduces outcomes, we take all of that and we think about how do you do that in a digital format and, and bring it into a community. And so like we might have like that uh, employee experience journey if somebody has that as an outcome, you can go through the same steps you would talking to uh, a traditional CSM about that or an onboarding CSM, but now you can do that on your own time. You can do that and you can watch it over and over and experience that. And so that's what we're building there. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, from a prioritization standpoint, yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, it's like you're, you're kind of like a, a squirrel sometimes, just like you're chasing around all over the place trying to figure out what to do next. Mm-hmm. But it, it's super interesting and there's no uh, lack of, uh, of challenges to, to go and tackle. And so, you know, pri- I don't know how I prioritize is that you just kind of you got to organize your week. Um, I'm just locked into the calendar and making sure that I'm spending time uh, with all my leaders in, in these uh, different areas and making sure that we're on the same page. But the the one thing, again, like uh, somebody told me a long time, you hire great people and let them go do what they do. Uh, and I think that that has uh, really lended itself in my world is just having great people uh, to work with and just letting them do what they do best. And, uh, and really they make my job (laughs) and life a lot easier because of it. So yeah, that, that's part of it too. That that trust element, isn't it? That did make decisions. Yeah. Very reassuring. Yes. Yep. Reducing your stress massively. Um, Cool. A couple of other items uh, on this agenda and then we'll, we'll finish up and, and, Great conversation. So thank you, Matt. Really enjoyed it. Um, uh, so we talked a little bit about this. We touched on this around this, like, you know, being able to like put this kind of like short summary. You talked about the farmer experience, you know, having the few minutes with the doctor and that type of thing. Uh, I, I use the word in our business a lot, which is altitude. And any the guys listening to these podcasts, they'll be laughing now because I'm always going on about altitude and how you set altitude of a meeting and going top down and, and these types of things. Um, what do you do to coach your staff on, on this topic about how you, because you're a senior guy, right? Let's be honest. So how do you coach your customer success team on setting the right altitude with, with customers or execs that they might be engaging with? Yeah, um, as far as so this, the altitude, can you just ex- describe that a little bit more? Yeah, so so what I, what I mean is like, so if you're like, like we're talking about, right? So you're in with the CFO, Right. And you're talking with the CFO about how they want to, you know, transform the cost performance of their business over a period of time yeah. overnight. And part of that is going to be driving down you know, inefficient spend, for example, mm. better managing expenses and monitoring it and all of that type of stuff. Right. That's kind of the altitude. Right. The altitude is, for example, you know, you want to increase the EBITDA of your business or you want to increase the gross margin of your organization. And the way that you're going to get there is this. Right. You don't go in and start talking about, hey, the Friday afternoon where everyone's doing their expenses, right? Yep. What I'm asking is, do you ever coach your staff around like setting things at the right level with customers um, so that they're primarily so that they're perceived the right way by the customer? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yes. And this is one thing uh, we work on a lot is just even introducing yourself. 
Uh, and it sounds so uh, trivial in a sense, but like, well, yeah, I know how to introduce myself. But it is in, in when you're talking with folks and in, in how you introduce yourself to them, I felt like that is such a critical piece because people lock in on those. Those are the first few words they hear and they're making impressions and formulating kind of their own biases based on that introduction. So in this case, it's really thinking about, you know, if you are talking to a CFO, how are you going to introduce yourself? And and how is that different potentially from um, somebody who might be just administering this and in the product every single day? What's important to different people? And we talk about this a lot is just understanding what the the political landscape is in, in organizations and know who makes decisions who are the doers uh and who are the people who uh get that feedback from from those decisions and so uh that is it's definitely something that we're we train about and have um deeper conversations of value and how do you bring that and what type of questions do you ask um is something that our organization is constantly training and thinking about uh and the feedback that i provide to my folks is the same as well cool cool brilliant well listen i greatly appreciate you you coming on the show thank you ever so much i mean i think there's a few great takeaways from this i think one is uh it's interesting to hear you talk about the the the, the content team that you're developing and being able to like mobilize insight and content for customers in i guess i'm guessing different mediums um yeah. i would imagine that you plug into your community right for yep, example. you got it um which is which is interesting i thought that the um, the train analogy, I was, I wrote down the world rigid, right? Don't be, you know, you've got to be, you've got to be flexible in the, in this ever changing world. So I think that, yep. that train analogy is good because oftentimes people think the customer journeys are very linear, but they're actually not. They're just mm-hmm. like buyer journeys, whether online, offline, talking to someone, these types of things. And actually yeah. your emotional journey with a, as with a, with a, with a, with a, with a cut, with a supplier is, is very it's very different. I remember one of our clients who's an ad tech business, they were raving about a particular supplier that was a project management uh, uh, company. And then that company did something around their pricing model that really pissed this guy off. He was like, I just don't like it. And and he went from being an absolute evangelist to being like, their name is Mud. I was like, yeah. ah, that's, that's, that's just like, it's crazy yeah. how you flip like that. So, so I thought mm. that, that analogy of, 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 not, of not being rigid I think the CPI's piece is really interesting. Like this, this you know, if we're bringing these worlds together, where you've got maybe a services organization that historically was about revenue and margin, you've got a success organization that's about value and outcomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think modern services organizations are much more moving that way to being like outcomes, time to value, and less about do we need to make percent yes. margin, which is interesting. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then I think the the, the challenge goals and actions uh, framework action plan framework was really nice. So thank you for joining us from this generic, beautiful lakeside. Vista. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, always a beautiful day here. Yes. On Friday morning. You're, you're, are you Minnesota? Yeah. Minneapolis. Yep. Minneapolis. Right. So, so the first guest on the show from the home of Prince and I'm a big Prince fan. Yeah, you're right. There we go. Paisley park. All right. Brilliant. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it, Jonathan. Have a great one. All right, cheers. Cheers.